Welcome to Meet the Manufacturers podcast, brought to you by Manufacture CT and sponsored by Cone Resnick, who are dedicated to helping manufacturers and distributors to enhance their competitive position and succeed in high-pressure trade environments. Visit them online at coneresnick.com. Meet the Manufacturers is available on all of the world's biggest podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Spotify. Never miss an episode again and subscribe today, wherever you get your podcasts from. On every episode, we take the opportunity to learn more about a local manufacturing business. On this episode of Meet the Manufacturers, I am excited to be speaking with Nicole Russo and Bob Narciso from Microboard based in Seymour, Connecticut. Nicole is the owner, president, and chief executive officer, and Bob is the executive vice president of operations. Now, Microboard was founded in 1983. It's an electronics manufacturing provider, and the company are dedicated to focusing on life-saving, life-changing products. I'm really excited to find out more, so welcome Nicole and Bob to Meet the Manufacturers. Thank you, Claire. It's really great to be with you. We'll see if you say the same at the end of it, Nicole. Right, let's kick it off then. Let's find out a little bit more about you. Tell me about your company, Nicole. What products do you make at Microboard? Sure. So we have been in business for almost 40 years serving the electronics manufacturing sector. So we service approximately 18 customers across the medical, defense, industrial, and telecom sectors. Those include products such as defibrillators, night vision goggles, various troop protection devices for our soldiers. We also make the only indoor shot detection system in the country. Uh, We make gas handheld detectors and a wide array of other uh, radar systems for different types of applications. Wowzers. So quite a lot then, to be honest with you. So what would you describe the, the, the customer, I guess, or the end user of the products that you make? This sounds like there's quite a military theme and a health theme running through your services and products. Yeah, so uh, good catch there on uh, the theme. We do like to say we really do build life-saving and life-changing products. These are products that are going out into the field to either help with a gas detection leak, you know, find an indoor shooter, unfortunately, if that may be existing as quickly as possible, help with the telecom industry moving data every day, every second through pipelines. So it's going out into a wide array of both commercial and consumer type products. But I think, Claire, for us, one of the most important things when we founded our business is uh, we wanted to build the most advanced technology in the world while also helping those that are least fortunate. So really, the cornerstone of our business is taking care of our employees, our suppliers and our customers, and then helping folks uh, that make less than a dollar a day in the world in various regions of Africa, India and uh, South America. And uh, we really find great pride in that, you know, helping those least fortunate by by producing the most advanced life-saving technology in the world. That's cool. That's fantastic. That's so good. So how did you get into this, Nicole? I mean, was this always the plan? Tell me a little bit about your career to date. And then, Bob, I want to know all about you as well. Don't be quiet in the corner over there. Yeah, you really want to hear from Bob because he makes it all happen. (laughs) I'll give you just a 30-second overview. I'm second-generation owner here, grew up in the business, but we had a family rule that we were not allowed to work in the business in a management position without 
a master's in something of our liking and uh, five to seven years work experience someplace else. So I really cherish that rule. And uh, I went out and was a vice president at GE Capital for about seven years in distressed debt. Uh, had a billion dollar portfolio I was managing and learning what not to do in business. So did that and really enjoyed it. Started a family and then came back here and I've been running this business uh, now for about 15 years. Uh, so I'm very fortunate and blessed to carry on the family legacy for my father who started the company. Wow. I love the conditions upon the family entering the business. I love that. It's really interesting. I've interviewed many, many, many people for Manufacture CT many, many companies, and many of them are family-owned and multiple-generation businesses. And it's very interesting that you should have that kind of clause, if you like, within the family environment, because for many of the most successful businesses that I've spoken to, they've accidentally done that. Maybe not the masters, but they've all gone away and done their own thing and then come back to the business and almost brought with them what they've learned outside of the business to the business and earned their stripes. And I think that's fantastic. That's that's really, really fantastic. Thank you. Yes, I feel uh, you know very privileged to be in the position, but also very capable. The capability really comes from my team. So Bob kind of giving an overview of how he makes that happen every day here. <laughs> Come on then, Bob, you're the magic man. Tell me a little bit about your role and, and your career to date. How did you get to this role at Microboard? Yeah, interesting story here. So uh, a little bit about my career to date. So yeah, I started off as a young engineer, really focused on uh, R&D and manufacturing engineering. As I grew as a, a small company, and as I grew, I got to touch a lot of different things. And that was just wonderful. So I had that great diverse experience. I was fortunate to work with so many brilliant people around me. Maybe some of it stuck. So as I grew in my career, I got into manufacturing engineering management, eventually manufacturing management, and uh, over time, director of operations, and then became a site lead before I, I joined uh, Microboard. The majority of my career has always been in medical device manufacturing. A little bit of defense prior to coming to Microboard, but it was mainly medical. For me, it was very exciting to be in the medical device industry because you know that the contributions you make every day at your job make a difference in someone's life. Yeah, absolutely. And so I was at a point where it was time to make a change. And I talked to Nicole and I got to learn a lot about Microboard. And for me, the ability to continue to work on medical device, but also other products that make a difference in people's lives. And at the same time, through our work here and our success, we get to help people that are less fortunate. So it was just a, a wonderful uh, opportunity for me to join the group. I've been here for approximately two years. Wow, excellent stuff. So how many employees do you have working at the company at the moment? And you're based in Seymour, aren't you? Yes, so uh, today we have 130 employees. About 85 or so are, are in the, uh, the operations team. So uh, a lot of focus on manufacturing. Brilliant, brilliant stuff. So tell me then, let's talk about the nuts and bolts of it. Tell me a little bit about the equipment or the machinery that you're using on site to make your products. So we've got high-tech equipment end-to-end -end in the factory here. It, it, it starts even on the receiving dock from automated towers that store the materials that we bring in through the manufacturing lines with super high-tech, high-speed machines that place uh, components on circuit boards. Some of these components are the size of a grain of pepper. It's amazing technology. Wow. Way, <laughs> I, I wouldn't be able to say that, Bob. I really wouldn't. I'm not blessed in the vision department, particularly not at the moment. I'm not sure I'd be much used to you at Microboard. 
Oh, I'm sure we'd find a spot for you here. <laughs> You're too kind. <laughs> so uh, our technology just goes end to end all the way to uh, fully automated test systems uh, at the end of the process to ensure that our products meet our customers' requirements. That's amazing. A lot of the technology that I've heard about through doing this podcast has been really fascinating because I think there's these stigmas attached to manufacturing business as an industry that it's some kind of dirty, uh, backwards, almost prehistoric environment to be working in. And that couldn't be further from the truth. The, 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 the high tech CNC and machinery that people are using to create things right here in Connecticut is mind-blowing, absolutely mind-blowing, cutting-edge technology. So listen, tell me a little bit about, was it always the plan to work in manufacturing? First to you, Nicole. I would say no. I actually grew up an avid equestrian, loved horses, thought I would spend my life riding horses, teaching others to do it. And then did that all through college, started an equestrian team at my college and competed across the world, but then realized that I needed to have a livelihood that, you know, really was more than just playing with horses. So, um, you know, I think my background led me to just really enjoying the family side of what we were doing here. Microboard started by servicing talking teddy bears, the old Teddy Ruxpin. Oh my God, I remember them. Yeah, so we would get those in, repair them, <laughs> and stitch them up, make sure their eyes were working and their beaks were talking, and we'd ship them back. And, uh, you know, so that's a very humble beginning to now building the communication system for the Pentagon, which is one of the uh, systems we've built over the last couple of years. And uh, I think for me, the allure of seeing that technology and and the excitement of it, how I, I'm a very action-packed, kind of fast-paced person, so I love that the technology is moving fast and that there's a lot to do on our plates. Uh, so kind of fell into it. I am so excited to hear that my hero as a kid, Teddy Ruxpin, had a very small part in the development. That's absolutely incredible. That's absolutely brilliant. That's made my day, that has. I haven't heard Teddy Ruxpin for many a year. It was very popular in the UK as well, I'll have you know. <laughs> brilliant. So... Bob, did you always plan on working in manufacturing? Was there ever anything else you wanted to explore or was it always written in the stars for you? Yeah, you know, I think it was written in the stars. So early on, uh, when I was much younger, I loved to take cars apart and just see how things worked. And uh, from there, I, you know, I, I started on the engineering track, but really I was always amazed about just what it takes to bring something together and create a product. And, you know, when you work in manufacturing, the, the results of your, your efforts are, are very tangible. And, you know, when you make a product that makes a difference in someone's life, that's even better. So uh, yeah. I, I just have a passion for manufacturing and manufacturing systems. That's a real bonus, I think, to be knowing that you're making a real difference and not just making a dollar, I think makes it easier to get out of bed in the morning and keep that fire burning in your belly to want to get into work and, and do some good. So, uh, yeah, hats off to you guys. Now, when it comes to like skills or educational training, what has turned out being the most important to you guys? And what do you look for when somebody applies for a role at your company? You know, when their resume hits your desk, what are you looking for? I'll take the non-engineering side of that question because Bob's got the engineering background. I've got more of the customer service, finance, and accounting. So the I'm looking for somebody, you know, one that's eager to uh, understand what their career path should be. 
two very organized with a you know good attitude and attention to detail. And uh, we really adopt the model that if you have those characteristics, we can train you. I want to loop back to Claire, something you said about manufacturing, kind of having that stigma of being dirty and old. And, you know, this is one of the most high-tech factories in the country here, and it is white floors you could eat off of every day. And I think for us, once we get a candidate in the building and they see that and they understand the high-tech, the cleanliness, if we can match the uh, attitude, the organizational skills, the ability to learn, with uh, their desire to be here, we can train them on customer service, how to be a buyer, how to help uh, move product throughout our production floor, you know, some of the uh, more entry to mid-level assembly uh, jobs. Bob will have a deeper need on the engineering side. So I'll let him answer that. It's much more specific. When I look at a resume, the first thing I start with, you know, first, do we have the right technical credentials? But from there, really, I look for the how. And so when you look at someone's history on a resume, we're looking at things like, for me, what's really important is diversity, evidence that someone's willing to learn and have broad thinking, problem solving in their uh, job history. And you can see that oftentimes um, in their career path on the resume. So those are the types of things that I look for, because you know what we want is open thinkers, folks that are willing to take on uh, a new project and continue to grow within the business. Yeah, you're looking for that potential that you can eke out and develop and grow. I love that. So obviously we've been enduring this pandemic for what feels like an eternity now. Uh, how has it had an effect on your business, your supply chain, your production? Or have you seen any kind of resurgence in, in a Buy American type theme, for example? We're tired. I can tell you that much. <laughs> I think the world is. <laughs> I always say I wish I was kind of a magical uh, economist, you know, a year and a half ago, because you know, as this emerged almost two years ago now, we pulled the trigger real quick on uh, inventory position. We brought all of our inventory in. We're very financially sound, you know, weathered the most important piece, which was employee health and safety. You know, with uh, things like providing our employees meals every day for them and their family for about 12 weeks to keep them from having to go to the grocery store. So we did some real progressive things to try to keep them happy and safe. That's uh, fantastic, yeah. Fast forward, we still have a very strong backlog because our customers are wise to be ordering out. Getting parts that we need has become much more difficult over the last couple of months. We call it the golden screw here, meaning <laughs> we may have 99 out of the 100 parts we need to build, but without that last one part, which is you know either in a factory somewhere in the world or on a ship in California, we can't build. The golden screw, I love that. <laughs> a lot of people looking for it for sure. Yeah, so, you know, we continue to keep our employees safe with the protocols. We're, we're wearing masks you know, all the time. We are uh, almost 100% vaccinated, so we're very proud of that. Our employees are very gracious and courteous to each other as far as, you know, how they treat each other and respect the COVID protocols. So we're doing well. You know, I mean, Omicron's moving through our building, but not in a way that's bringing us down. You know, our biggest challenge right now is really the supply chain and then you know, of course, inflation, which we're going to have to continue to deal with as wages and, and things settle into uh, the new normal, I call it. Well, yeah, we're still yet to find out what that new normal is as well. How did it affect you, Bob, on the operations front? Was there any downtime at all? 
Because of the controls that uh, Microboard put into place very, very early in the pandemic, and you know, Nicole mentioned the fact that we were providing, Microboard was providing meals for people's families early on. Through continual meetings with the teams, we talked about the threat with the virus. Every time we learned something new, we shared the information. And so the result of all of those actions, we were able to keep the majority of our workforce intact. And with the lean forward on the uh, the inventory that Nicole talked about, really helped us maintain a very steady supply to our customers. In fact, early on when most businesses were struggling, we were in very good shape. Really proud that uh, we were able to protect our employees and maintain safety across the entire plant. So that was, I think, a, a wonderful move on the part of the entire management team here. Actually, we're starting to see a little bit more, as Nicole mentioned, with Omicron. And from what we can tell, most of those infections are really a result of the post-holiday spike. So we've been fortunate to maintain a continuity in manufacturing throughout the pandemic. Yeah, that is quite impressive. It really is. And, and Omicron is certainly rife just at the moment. What advice would you give somebody who is thinking of exploring a career in manufacturing? In fact, why should they even look to explore a career in manufacturing? Are there any uh, particular schools or training programs that you would recommend? Or is it just about having the right mindset and the right attitude? Yeah, we, so we have a really diverse population here. You know, within my team, there's three different engineering groups. We have the new product introduction group. We have the sustaining engineering group that tends to day-to-day manufacturing and also test engineering group. So there's a, a wide variety of disciplines. I think from a, an educational background, there's a number of ways to get there. Obviously, if, if you're designing circuitry and things like that, you've got to have the, the proper education But uh, with other disciplines, there's a variety of ways to get there. And I think it's the desire to participate in today. You know, as you said earlier, manufacturing is is quite different today. And it's about really the the equipment, the automation, maintaining flow in the factory. And so bringing these all together, it's really fun. And I think training programs are things that I think about in manufacturing are, are just structured problem solving. And so for people that like to fix things, and fix things in in a uh, structured way using a scientific method. Those are the things that are really important. Absolutely. So what are some of your biggest successes within the company, Nicole? Or things that you're most proud of what you've achieved since taking on the hot seat, the big job? I was coming to work every day and with 130 employees here, one location, it's really like a big family. I know all of our employees really intimately, their family, what's going on most of the time in their lives. You know, when they hit a pocket or a season of life that maybe isn't the perfect one, you know, our ability to help them through that, that to me is really what makes me tick. And then the ability to see what they can do every day for the products we're building that are saving and changing lives, both here and on the missions field with the humanitarian. You know, so it's every day, there's, you, you really have to kind of reflect day to day, week to week on the success of what we're doing you know, in people's lives that is consistent for them, it's reliable, it's safe, it's providing for their families. Uh, and I think our culture here is one that, you know, makes them feel very proud and, and very safe in the way we operate. So that for me is at the core of kind of how I want the company to be seen and how I want to operate it. There's lots of success stories and the way our products are used in the market. There's, you know, saves of lives with defibrillators. You know, there's countless lives that have been saved with counter warfare devices we've built for the soldiers. And those are all, they give you goosebumps, you know, when you hear them. 
we don't hear about all of them, but we know our product is out there, you know, protecting lives and saving lives. So when you put that together, it's, it makes it pretty fun to come to work every day. I can well imagine. I truly can. So come on then. I want you to put your, uh, I want you to get your crystal ball out for me, Nicole, and you, Bob, please. Uh, what are your predictions about the future of manufacturing and doing business in the state of Connecticut as well? Predictions for the future. Future of manufacturing is all about automation going forward. You may have heard about Industry 4.0. It's a broad initiative to drive uh, automation uh, into the manufacturing process across the board. Prior to joining Microboard, I was involved in a group that was studying different ways, additive manufacturing, things like that. In our world, there's tremendous opportunities emerging with robotics and things like that. So manufacturing is changing rapidly. And you know, you think back to the computer that used to be on your desk and now you've got about 15 times the power and it's in your pocket. <laughs> yes, very much so, it is moving fast. Yeah, so I'll take the Connecticut piece because uh, born and raised here, I love, love New England, love the uh, the lifestyle, the fast pace, the uh, the mind share that's here. We've got you know the brightest people in the country, in my opinion, you know here in this kind of northeast pocket. I think Connecticut, surely, you know, as you can read in the press, has kind of suffered a bit from uh, some businesses maybe uh, deciding that it was too costly or, you know, the workforce is maybe not established enough to be here. But I, I see it a little differently. I think that uh, us business owners have the ability and we need to have the will to work with the state to really grow our education programs, uh, to keep the graduates that are graduating from our local schools here, to show them the career path in manufacturing. Um, particularly the, the technology and how fast it's advancing and the part they can play in that, which is just changing the world. So, you know, Connecticut's known for the in, its insurance industry. It's also known for Aerospace Alley for, uh, you know, the aerospace industry. Yep. You know, I really think that there are, a, I know there's a pocket of 4,000 wonderful manufacturers in Connecticut that can really make a huge difference if we put our mind to collaborating on our workforce. Those maybe that want to re-enter because maybe they've retired a bit early, but they'd like to come back, as well as those that are emerging into the workforce, you know, coming out of school and, you know, how do we keep them here? So uh, I'm committed to that. I'm, I'm doing some work with the state of Connecticut right now. I'm committed to it because I think it's the right thing to do no matter what state we're in, but particularly here in Connecticut. What does the future hold then for microboard looking ahead? I hate to do the whole five, 10 year thing. And especially coming out of this or hopefully coming out of this pandemic, I, I feel like we can't really predict the future. But if you had to look ahead and try to, I guess, predict where you and the company will be, what does it look like to you, Nicole? Yeah, so I, let's put our five year hat on. And um, you know, I do think we will have a second site um, within a five to seven year period, five year, you know, starting and seven years up and running. Um, and that would be, you know, for growth, for redundancy, for new projects that are launching that need a different geographic area. I, I don't foresee us, you know, ever not being in Connecticut. My entire family's here. My in-laws or outlaws, as I call them sometimes, are all here. And so we love Connecticut. And, um, but, and I think we will grow very carefully. We, as I mentioned at the beginning, we only have 15 to 18 active customers. We center ourselves around the three C's. That's uh, customers have to have good credit. 
their culture has to fit with us and they have to have a complex either product or business model need that we, we can solve. So uh, credit, culture and complexity will continue to be our mantra for adding five to seven new customers over the next five years and uh, very strategically growing the business. That sounds like a great plan to me. Bob, last couple of questions and one for you, Bob, if I may. Uh, what do you imagine the next phase of your career looking like? Is there any particular areas of growth or opportunities that you're preparing for at the moment at Microboard? We're working on uh, expanding our presence here uh, with our medical device manufacturing. So for me, that's something that really uh, I'm passionate about. So continuing to focus and build a team with a really strong medical device background so that we can continue to share that expertise with our partners, as well as helping to scale the business. You know, Nicole talked about the growth uh, that we're planning on for the next five to seven years. And also as uh, we look forward to a second site, when I look forward, I think there's a lot of opportunities there uh, from a growth standpoint. So excited about that. It really does genuinely sound like an exciting place to work, to be a part of that's really making a difference. I'm quite jazzed about hearing about the work that you're doing, particularly the work within the community and uh, the uh, under a dollar a day. So if people want to carry on the conversation with you guys or they want to find out more or find out maybe even when you're recruiting, how can they reach out to you? Is there a website, social media or LinkedIn? What's the best way of, of getting in touch with you guys? Yes, yeah, so we have a website, uh, www.microboard.com. We also ha do have a LinkedIn page, uh, Microboard LinkedIn, so you can find us there. They will see um, postings for open positions on both LinkedIn and our website. Um, and we're a small business that's hands-on, so they can pick up the phone and call us. Hit zero and ask for Bob or I, and yeah, we'll pick the phone up and, and talk to anybody. Uh, that's the kind of business we always want to be. That is amazing. You may have opened yourself up there for some crazies, but I like it. I like it. Let me know if you get any crazy calls. <laughs> we could do a follow-up podcast on who phoned Nicole. Guys, it's been such a privilege and a pleasure speaking to you guys today on behalf of Manufacture CT. It really has. And I'm fascinated by the work that you guys are doing. And um, thank you so much for being a part of Meet the Manufacturers, the podcast. And uh, who knows, maybe we can catch up in five years' time and see if you've got that second sight. Absolutely. And we want you to come visit us when you're here in our area. Stop in. We'll show you how to make a defibrillator or a gas handheld detector. Right? You know what? I'll take you up on that. You're not too far away from me. You'll regret saying that, Nicole. I'm always up for a challenge and an adventure. Fantastic. Yeah. Bob, Nicole, thank you so much for your time today on Meet the Manufacturers. Thank you, Claire. Thank you, Claire. Take care. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode of Meet the Manufacturers, brought to you by Manufacture CT. If you would like to find out more about Manufacture CT or you would like to join the organisation, visit the website manufacturect.org. This podcast is sponsored by Cone Resnick, Advisory, Assurance, Tax. Visit their website coneresnick.com. If you have enjoyed listening to this episode and want to find out more about the vibrant and thriving manufacturing community in Connecticut, Subscribe to and share this podcast today. Meet the Manufacturers is available on all podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music and Spotify.